0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the barely bookish podcast today we are going to be continuing on with the iliad which honestly it's just a lot of fighting lots of war lots of fighting not a whole lot of plot i don't know is it i don't yeah it's basically just like an action movie in a book which is that's your jam then that's your jam but it's uh it's someone's jam. It's a jelly. I don't know. Anyways, so yeah, lots of fighting, but uh, we have Jade again, and Jade is a lot of fun, and I think you guys are really gonna enjoy these episodes. Um, but yeah, we are going to be continuing through the rest, uh, the next section of the Iliad, uh, books six through nine. So if you haven't read the Iliad, please, if you want to not get spoilers for War. Then go back and read it, but if you don't mind getting spoilers, then continue right on, right along. But also make sure you listen to the previous episodes, since this is episode number two about the Iliad. Also, if you haven't seen our Patreon recently, we are now doing um, early release episodes over on Patreon. So every single Monday before our normal episode would come out on Wednesday, you can get access to Patreon episodes which are just these episodes except they come out two days early so if you uh join any level of patreon you can have access to these early access episodes otherwise you can continue and join them on wednesday like you normally do but without further ado let's get into this episode hello everyone and welcome back to the barely bookish podcast we are once again talking about the iliad and we are joined again by jade from about a book podcast hello (laughs) we are getting into this honestly it's a small book but it feels chunky for just how hard it is to get through
1: yeah like as we were saying i think you said in the last recording it was originally all kind of memorized as more of a a ballad like a song Mm -hmm. and um, which makes a lot more sense because i think it's a lot more Boring, like written down. You know, yeah. I can imagine like this is a really good play to be like, you know, in a song form or in kind of like acting or something because it's all yeah. like emotional and stuff. But when you're reading it on the page, it's a little bit of slog, which we were talking about before mm-hmm. we started recording. But we're gonna try and make us. We're gonna give you like the important parts of like what we picked up and help we spice it up and save you from going through this suffering of reading. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I feel like also when like stories are spoken out. If there's something that you can tell your audience is getting bored with, you can just be like wrapping that up. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I re- in,
1: in oh, this ahead. book, in this book, it's a lot of like side tangents. Like they'll mm-hmm. introduce a character and then the character will just talk about their whole family tree or just talk about an irrelevant story. It's like they're all just passing the mic around. So yeah, I think exactly what you were saying, like when you are saying it to an audience, you can kind of like write. um uh, talk according to like hey they're reacting to certain things
0: yeah i really thought the story was more about achilles our main man is just sitting on an island chilling having a great time hanging out talking to nobody and we have no idea what he's doing (laughs) the entire time
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much and it's just a bunch of other people though a bunch of irrelevant people but um it's 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 quite a ride. it's interesting because you gotta remember like when this came out it was a lot more exciting than it is today because like there wasn't books and movies and you know l- loads of music I'm sure but like you know this so this had to have everything it had to have the adventure the war the romance everything and obviously mm-hmm. because there wasn't as much like stories to consume this was like the most exciting thing ever yeah you know
0: and now they're like, oh, cool. Fantasy, basic not fantasy, but like storytelling, awesome. And we're like, ew, okay. Um <laughs> great. So we start off with book six in this section. We're still at war. Mm-hmm. I think they're at war the entire time, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This the second book, the Odyssey that like picks up at the end of this war. Mm-hmm. And that one's a lot more exciting there's different scenes and different characters and stuff so i recommend that one i think like that's why we're finding this book kind of like a slog because of the way it's like written it isn't like it is kind of written in a way in a sing-songy way but it's Mm -hmm. not like a page turner you get me
0: yeah yeah for sure you know yeah i know and the paragraphs are so long and you're like oh, please make it
1: yeah so we're much much more like used to the the modern style of writing where it's a lot more kind of like captivating rather than like you know big long all these facts jumped into it but anyway let's carry on
0: um and then they talk about how they're gonna kill every last trojan even the unborn babies and i'm like bro
1: why what like why would you say that because that's manly it's manly to go in, into war and just defeat everything in sight you know I know because I mean, you can't you can't risk that the the um offspring of future generations coming back and like taking your glory you know so you gotta just wipe everyone out truly I mean
0: w- uh Zeus's dad I forgot his the name of that great god but you oh. know he ate all his babies C- C-
1: Cronus. Cronus Cronus
0: thank you yeah. it's completely slipped my mind but Cronus ate all of his babies to ensure that he was you know number one yeah. so that's always an option people have I guess <laughs> <laughs> so um then they tell the story of Bellophone who um Annetta wanted to killed because he wouldn't sleep with her and I was like this seems fake okay like just knowing that like our, our main man Homer wrote this, I was like, I feel like this is fake. Like, I don't think this is what actually happened, okay? Because, <laughs> you know, I I feel bad for our uh, main woman, Anetta, because I really think that like something else happened and maybe she was like, we need to get this guy killed because he's a terrible person. And the reason I think this is because then they talk about how Bellaphone also killed uh, Chimera the goddess for no reason. Just on a whim. Like, what was she doing to you? Nothing. And then he killed all of the Amazons. For
1: what reason? Like, geez. And the Amazons were, like, tough. Yeah. They were, like, proper badasses. There's been so many spinoffs of, like, characters in this book, like mm-hmm. Odysseus and Achilles and stuff. Like, we need, like, the female perspective you know female <laughs> spin-off. and I feel like that would especially pop off in this cultural climate we're in you know <laughs> so if someone needs to cash in on that like because Cersei's like booming at the moment mm-hmm. so someone needs to do one from her perspective or from Helen of Troy's well they
0: have Cersei by Madeline Miller
1: yeah so like, like popping off yeah
0: I want one on Chimera. I want one on all of the Amazons, but not Wonder Woman. Like, I like Wonder Woman. Don't get me wrong. But like, I want specifically (laughs) Greek god Amazons during that time period. And I want that book. So if it exists, at really bookish on Instagram, Twitter, let me know. I need to read it because. I'm sure it does. It must do. Yeah. Someone had to have had this idea before us, right? (laughs) Yeah. So then this man had three kids and then the gods gods grew to hate him. And I was like, you didn't grow to hate him when he killed Chimera, killed all of the Amazons. (laughs) Like that was your first sign, you know? So that's, you know,
1: don't ignore the red flags. You know, they tell you and this story proves it.
0: Yeah, the gods were like, those flags look awful pink to us. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) so then apparently two guys are like the offspring of one of them is the offspring of this guy the other one is the offspring of like the king that gave him safe passage or whatever
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: they're like hey even though we're on other sides of this war let's be friends and these people are oh diomed and hector i didn't really realize that i just wrote this and then i got to the end of this chapter i didn't go back and review my notes all i wrote
1: all I wrote was like bromance.
0: Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so I totally
1: forgot the were. I thought it was sweet, you know, in the middle of this like this war landscape, where everyone's dying, they're just like making a cute little, you know, a, a truce, you know, spoiler
0: for the end of this reading. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm, I'm just
1: know. I'm just I'm just making sure they're, you know, they're listening, you know. I'm just trying to draw them in
0: yeah this uh that doesn't really go to plan you know the bromance fades quickly i guess um so then hector goes home and he's like okay listen all the ladies of troy for some reason all the ladies listen to hector i'm not really sure what that's about but whatever and he tells everyone that they've got to start praying because the war needs it and I was like, cool, 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 Hector. Awesome. There's a couple times in this, though, where I really wonder how much... Because my translation was written in, like... Let me double check before I say it. What could be a lie? Hold on. Okay, so this translation was, like, written in early 1900s to, like, late 19, 1800s, okay? Mm-hmm. And so the thing I noticed in a lot of my translation is that there felt like there was a, a distinct Christian influence on it where there's like multiple times that they refer to like heaven and the heavens and Hades as like down under whereas like in my understanding of Greek mythology that wasn't really at play like it was like the the gods are on Mount Olympus but there wasn't there didn't seem to be like a heavens per se you know what I mean?
1: yeah there was like there was like um if I can remember correctly I really hope I'm not giving false information because last time I studied classics was like four years ago but there's the underworld which isn't actually like underground it can be mm-hmm. kind of like I don't know where they find they find it in like a, a random opening on their travels or something mm-hmm. you know um and then there's Mount Olympus which is like just for the gods and then there's the um I can't remember what the word for it is now but there's like the Elysian fields and like you know all these different kind of like levels of heaven it's not so much like heaven's up and hell's down if you get me yeah yeah so that's really interesting that like your book has that like um, perspective on it I think mine is a penguin and it was published in 1987 Mm -hmm. and I didn't notice much like praying I made kind of I saw like you know sacrifices to the gods and Mm -hmm. omens and stuff but yeah I didn't really see a Christian interpretation of it I think that's what we were saying in the last recording as well that like the pub the edition you get is really important and like the translation
0: yeah I'm gonna be honest I'm not really super loving this translation just because it's like many times I keep pausing and I'm like that doesn't feel like it's translated correctly because it's like they when I read different types of like Greek mythologies previously it always seemed like it was like quote afterlife you know mm-hmm. depend and like mostly like the older religions it seems like there was an afterlife but not necessarily that it was uh you got raised into the sky when you died you know what i mean
1: yeah
0: like you know norse mythology they've got the tree i forgot what yeah. the tree is called but like <laughs> you move along the tree for your your different realms yeah and stuff like
1: that. I, I think in the i think if i can remember correctly the greek is like the river sticks yeah i'm pretty sure it's not being like raised up as Mm -hmm. in the christian perspective though i think it's kind of like yeah on a river or something like that yeah because and
0: then there's a time where he says uh the translator says that like messengers of the gods came down and i'm like "Mm, that terminology doesn't feel right to me um you know, I just don't think that that's the way that they would say it. And like when Jove's threatening everyone, he's like, "I he's like I will chain you f- from the heavens so that like you hang down onto Earth or something." And I was like, mm, "Okay, okay, sure, cool." Mm-hmm. cool. But it, it's just it, you can tell based on what era I feel like a translation comes out of. What the influences on the translation are, which I think is kind of interesting.
1: Definitely. I think it's good that we both have two different editions because we're able to have that like conversation and actually see what the differences are, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas if we had the same book, probably wouldn't notice all that type of stuff. Because yeah. my edition, I think it does mention heaven, but not to the extent that yours does.
0: Yeah, mine just keeps like bringing it up and up and up. And like the first, like, first reading, when we first discussing it, I kind of like brushed it off, but like this one it was much more apparent. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm weird okay anyways back to the actual reading um so hector shows up to alexandrius's place and it's like yo what are you doing why are you hiding here with helen turns out hector and helen siblings the weird thing too is that they don't differentiate between um like brother-in-law sister-in-law they just call everyone brother sister so i'm like i don't know if it's hector helen because you know h's or if it's Hector Alexandrius, and then Helen is his wife.
1: To be honest, there's so much like incest, and so many people are related anyway, that it probably doesn't matter much, because they're all like too involved with each other anyway, (laughs) so yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But I think just for like anybody thinking of reading it, I think it really is important to know historical context of the book like I definitely wish I like brushed more up on that before reading this because stuff like that you will get confused you know (laughs) or if you just don't understand like more of what like the culture was like Mm
0: -hmm. you might
1: not like interpret it like air quotes like correctly you know and things like that can like really confuse you so yeah But we're, we're fine. We're reading this from like a 21st perspective. Yeah. So
0: I will say you have to take good notes while you're reading it. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you'll have no idea what's going on the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of highlighting, lots of sticky notes. So Helen tries to get Hector to hang out with them. And she's like, Hey, listen, you can just stay here, stay safe, all that good stuff. And he's like, yo, I might die in this war. I kind of want to see my wife and kids. So and helen's like okay fair enough fair enough so hector leaves and he's like listen alexander you need to come back to war like we can't just have one of our best fighters what just sitting here doing nothing
1: it's like the war is so long they just kind of like take shifts you know they take like a break in the middle of like the war kind of go on holiday visit people and then come back you know it's (laughs) very different to like today i'm sure
0: i know well it's like what this year war went on for like 10 years right Mm -hmm. yeah so
1: I guess it makes sense yeah
0: like if they stayed at war the entire time like their kids would grow up like move out by the time they get back home from war they start at the beginning especially
1: especially for Odysseus like in the Odyssey Mm because after the 10 years of war he takes 10 years just like you know traveling around the world getting the cultured experience pretty much like yeah yeah. I can't blame him
0: I don't blame him at all. Like it, after war, I couldn't imagine just being like, okay, time to go back home and pretend to live my normal life. Mm-hmm. So Hector finds his wife and kid, and Hector's wife's like, please stay home. um My entire family's dead. Her seven siblings, both of her parents, everyone she loves is dead, except for Hector and her kid. And Hector's like, um, no, because then I would be a coward, and I'm not a coward.
1: Yeah, that's actually what I wrote in my notes. I said that like dying in war is like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's like the most honorable thing, and like dying outside of war is like really like embarrassing and shameful. So mm-hmm. like he's literally choosing like the honor of dying in war over like spending time with his family, which sounds like a crazy, crazy concept to us like now, but it was like quite understandable back then. You know, like yeah. maybe she was like, oh my God, like he's such an honorable guy, like such a masculine, stereotypical guy, wanting all this like war honor. You know what I mean? But you know, he's yeah. like, I don't want to, I'd rather fight in a bloody war than hear that baby cry again. That's probably what he's thinking. I'm not getting up for night feeds. I'd rather fight in a war. <laughs>
0: I'm like, ooh, toxic masculinity added
1: again. <laughs> that's basically that's the that's the sub the subtitle of this book, toxic masculinity, because that's all. Really,
0: I know. Like Joe's like, yeah, I will just uh, decimate everyone who even tries to be against me. If you're a god, okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> so Hector's kid is afraid of his armor, and I kind of felt bad about that. I was like, oh. Mm. And then just, like, take off his helmet so his kid will actually recognize him as a person.
1: Yeah, there is some, like, kind of sad or, like, emotional moments like that in the book that, like, mm-hmm. it's really easy to glance over, especially if you're like us today, like, trying to get through all the chapters really quickly. I know. But, like, it really is, like, I suppose, like, if you're going to be prevent, like, pretentious, like, an evocative book. Yeah,
0: for sure. It's, there's, like you could honestly very easily deep dive into this novel I think
1: mm. like you could do a whole like podcast on like each book so you could literally do like I don't know how many books there is like 24 or something but something like that yeah you could do it's like- not
0: gonna be this podcast I'll tell you that no. but someone <laughs> could do it
1: yeah we're not the people for that yeah. <laughs> we're just cherry picking the parts
0: I know I'm, I'm finding the parts I like that I want to talk about and we'll talk about those but like don't use this you can use this podcast for your English class if you want to but like I'm not saying that I'm the expert okay yeah me neither
1: anything I say about Greek mythology in this just like do a Google search just in case
0: (laughs) we're doing it based off the Tumblr post we read in fourth grade okay like (laughs) (laughs) so uh Hector's like I'm going back to war and is whole family is already mourning him even though he's still alive and i'm like ow okay
1: well she's lost she's lost like what did you say seven siblings or something yeah and both of her parents yeah so she's just like he's gone you know yeah i just i can't even imagine plus
0: like in this book specifically i don't know much about how the world really was but like the women in this book are basically just trophies so like she's mourning her husband to the like, knowing that she's probably gonna get like given to someone else as a trophy later on,
1: yeah. And even if he does come back, can you imagine how like traumatized he'd be? Like, yeah. it's crazy, it's quite sad if you think about it. So, uh, moving on,
0: moving on. <laughs> um, now we're on to a uh, book seven. So, Hector and Alexandrius are returning to war together, two homies just you know, hanging out. And all of the Trojans are, like, super pumped about this. They're like, yeah, it's our boy Hector. Our boy Alexandria is back at war once again. Bunch of people are dying, as per usual. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of details on the people that are dying. But, like, again, they're mentioned at the point of their death. And then they're like, by the way, this guy, uh, you know owned a bunch of land it's his father's only son with this the line is gone because his father cannot bear any more children and you're
1: like okay cool. yeah it's like, it's like okay that is sad but you never mentioned him before so don't expect me to care
0: yeah you i know, know? <laughs> like i'm getting a little like callous to it you know because i don't care
1: yeah but as well like as you're we saying before the historical context like I don't know but like maybe back then these people were like well known a bit more mm-hmm. like it might have been kind of like a tv series where you're like oh I remember the other story about him Or like oh yeah that guy was mentioned in this or something mm-hmm. so maybe it was a bit more like relevant back then but for now just skip that portion because it's you know yeah. <laughs>
0: if you're reading it I remember I was listening to um just a plug for a different podcast the spirits podcast episode where they were talking about russian folklore and they were saying that like there's three main characters that appear in a lot of their folklore and mm-hmm. so every time someone sees them they kind of know who they are already like there's always a witch and i forgot her name but she's always uh bad and then sometimes she'll help out the main character depending on the story but it's like everyone knows who she is when she comes into the story which i think yeah cool
1: yeah exactly it definitely makes it more like realistic and I suppose like um as well I'm not totally sure what the belief was but this is kind of like seen as like half myth half factual mm-hmm. so people probably would have been familiar some characters and it made it more realistic
0: I think it's kind of strange just because you know I I am American and you are UK Irish, Irish. Irish um, okay okay I was like I <laughs> they, was <trying> to- <laughs> if
1: you ever come to Ireland do not say that you'll. Get I was like trying it. to remember where in
0: Dublin like <laughs> I- oh yeah was. it's like and I'm like the
1: Republic key, okay key fact
0: <laughs> so like European Irish but like a lot of our folklore I feel like because it, obviously the American folklore just straight taken from like UK Europe yeah you know um as a whole I feel like we don't have repetitive characters in any of our folklore or our myths or our stories. Like, I feel like that is not an experience that we got to have. So I feel like yeah. I have a harder time understanding it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like which, which like folklore are you like referring to? Like
0: I just mean in general, like when I think about fairy tales that I grew up with or that were ever like told to me as kids, like obviously we mostly got the Disney ones, but like, yeah. Even, like these like, like, Grimm type stuff. Yeah. Like thinking yeah. back on all that, there wasn't like repetitive characters. And I don't know if it's because being an American, our country's not old enough, like since it's been colonized, it was yeah. older before us, obviously, but like since it's been colonized, we didn't have a whole lot of storytelling maybe like I'm sure there
1: is like in Native American folklore Mm -hmm. which like I don't know anything about but um I know in Irish folklore we definitely have like very strong like folklore and um a lot of recurring characters and it's like still like a very important part of like our culture today
0: maybe it's just because I'm American and like they basically were like okay leave all the storytelling in Britain (laughs) <laughs> they can have it and then like they just decided not to bring anything. I feel like Americans don't have a culture. Like, is that I does that mean to say like I feel like no, I mean I young. don't I don't
1: want to get hate for it, but from like an outsider's perspective, people kind of say Americans don't really have a distinct culture. Mm-hmm. Like obviously there's like subcultures in America, but yeah. just like the basic like white American, you know, they they don't already have like you know, your, your culture is more like um, I suppose, right? Like like nationalism like mm-hmm. you know fourth of july and that type of thing but it's not so much like folklore and that type yeah. of thing if you get me
0: i think it's basically because once america was colonized it became like a melting pot even before because like there's so many different native american traditions because everyone's so spread out because it's such a big country That i think it's hard to have a universal culture in america you know it's just it's a lot of different people in one really large like our entire country is bigger than england it's bigger than ireland smaller yeah than russia? i think it's small it's smaller than russia but
1: like 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 you can travel from one point in ireland to like the highest point in like four hours or something maybe mm-hmm. like four like maybe five hours but like that's why, like, this is like off topic, like, put the say or whatever. But like, when people in America are saying, like, oh yeah, like, I'm in a relationship, like, my boyfriend lives like two hours away, so like, not that far at all. I'm like, are you joking? <laughs> like in Ireland, we call it long distance if you're like forty minutes away. Oh my goodness! Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> everything's just so close. Like, if someone's in another county, like, so that would be like maybe an hour away or something. You'd <laughs> be like, that's long distance. But like, it's just crazy how I far live... everything is in America.
0: Yeah, I commuted um, to school. And it took me an hour and a half. And I lived an hour and a half from my school.
1: That was me for college. Was mostly yeah. due to traffic, though, more than, like, actual distance.
0: Yeah, mine was, like, me. 50 kilometers, which is... Or 50 miles, sorry, which is more in kilometers. But I don't know that conversion off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, 80
1: kilometers.
0: That feels no kind idea. of wrong. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just not very, like we're on the wrong system that's not a podcast it's not <laughs> that's a your podcast. culture
1: that's that's your culture you Literally. know it's being being different
0: <laughs> i know it's like they basically were like hey you know we're very mad at england uh so we're gonna switch the side of the road we drive on we're gonna scrap their entire system that made quite a bit of sense um <laughs> and we're going to pour their tea in the harbor and that's american culture
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much it's always reflective anyway i know it's fine i love it (laughs)
0: anyways
1: (laughs) (laughs) side tangent just like in the iliad
0: (laughs) literally basically this podcast is a um iliad podcast now because i take a lot of side tangents and that's fun (laughs) if anyone wants to hear me talk about uh the messed up american system i'm here and i'm ready and i'm ready
1: to rant about it anyways and shameless plug if everyone wants to hear about irish folklore my latest podcast episode is about that it's about fairies check it yes. out. anyway yeah i that's need more all about irish, irish folklore. Folklore. i need more Irish. it's folklore. great i'm very very biased but in my opinion it's the best folklore and that all the other countries just take inspiration from us which definitely isn't true but that's what oh, i like to believe <laughs> I know. that's a big mood there's literally like a folklore museum in ireland called like the <gasps> leprechaun museum and it's all about folklore because it's just like such a strong part of like our identity as a country I guess like yeah. that brings in like a lot of tourism but anyway so I tangent over
0: so when I go to Ireland I need to go figure out where that museum is and
1: <laughs> I go to the Guinness Museum as well
0: Yeah, my Doris. cousins did that when um they were in Ireland because I didn't get to go to Ireland when I was in Europe but they got to go to the Guinness Museum and I was like regrets i want to (laughs) go anyways back to the iliad before i start talking about guinness um (laughs) so it sounds like they're trying to go the champion route again but hector is like okay listen i'll be the troy uh, champion and i'm like hector you just told your wife that you know you'll like you were like listening to her talking about how she's worried you're gonna die and then you're like forget that i'm still gonna go to war also sacrifice myself for the country the entire country i'm the champion now and then no one wants to fight hector everyone's looking at this guy they're like can someone like call achilles because i'd rather (laughs) die than fight hector (laughs) so the king basically tells everyone to draw straws to figure out who has to fight Hector and everyone's like I hope it's Ajax like it'd be really great if it wasn't me and instead it was Ajax. And then, you know, Ajax pulls the shortest straw and now he has to fight Hector and he's like very pumped about this and I'm like why? Obviously we're already getting the idea that Hector is like number 1 here.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even I didn't pick, even pick up on that observation. <laughs>
0: i don't know i'm gonna lie to you it's fine it's fine (laughs) i i was at this i was still at the point where i was like fine tooth combing it until like two books from now okay and then i was just kind of like skimming to see if i could get every bit of information because it started to get a little redundant and i was Mm -hmm. like "Mm." so then they start like yeeting spears at each other and that's the way they're gonna duel i guess and they talk about like how many layers the spear gets through and i'm like Mm -hmm. who's like measuring this is my question like who in the middle of this war is like hold on does that do you think that's seven layers or do you think that's eight layers (laughs) like i don't know and then they're throwing spears and then for some reason they run out of spears because i guess how many spears can you really have you know what i mean exactly And I don't know if they each had like a basket of spears or like exactly how the dueling system works. But I'm, I would like to imagine that they both had like spears set up and like little baskets and then they have to like run over mm-hmm. and then like keep aiming at each other. So, so whoever gets their basket first kind of wins. That's my hope here. But then they start, like, dueling with swords because Spear's gone. And then the gods come down and they're like, hey, can we, like, take a break from this because it's nighttime? And both of them are like, yeah, yeah, cool. Let's do that. So they both go back to their people and they have dinner so that they can resume fighting in the morning. I thought it was kind of cute that every night they, like, go to bed and, like, have, like, this nice
1: dinner. Yeah. Yeah. A nice little catch up, you know. Oh, who killed who today? you know anybody get injured anybody die who's not who's not here that was he was not here that was here yesterday you know all right
0: everyone sound off with your previously established number okay let's count and figure (laughs) out who's not here my favorite thing too is it kind of reminds me at like the end of a tv show when they're like so what did we learn everyone
1: yeah you know it's like and it's like whoever kills the most gets like an extra chicken leg or whatever you know yeah Yeah.
0: and then they like throw food into the fire if uh for like sacrifices to the gods which you know love that for them um and then the trojans are like hey do you mind if we like take some time to burn our dead and like the king's like "Ah, you know go for it that's fine like that's fair so they both like take time to burn their dead which like how is anybody sleeping during this war like i know it's going on for 10 years you know so how is anybody getting adequate sleep right now
1: I know you probably you probably your body just probably gets so used to it like yeah do you think like what if you
0: have to what if you're really tired like do you think they have like nap shifts during war like do they go okay you are the morning shift in four hours you can come back we'll send out the lunch rush um and then they come back in four hours dinner time goes and then it's sleep time like how I would say
1: they'd have to like that's the way it makes sense in my mind so I'm they sure they did have shifts. like people and they couldn't all be sleeping at the same time at nighttime because mm-hmm. obviously then someone just come in and attack them so there must have been night shifts yeah. like that
0: how is that do you think there's like labor unions for soldiers <laughs> like if they're like you can't have them on for more than eight hours fighting like how do you think that works
1: I have no idea it's like you're keeping them here for 10 years like they're, they're entitled <laughs> to a day off you know yeah literally (laughs) they need to be paid over time I
0: know it's like do you think they like send them in shifts back to their families like
1: maybe if they like do something really good but then I feel like if they're fighting really well then they're just gonna want to keep them on so I actually have no idea how that works I think it's kind of like once you're gone off to war you're pretty Mm -hmm. much gone for life like that girl already like mourning her husband who's going back into the war that's because Mm -hmm. like god knows when he's going to be back you know
0: yeah, literally. I mean, at some point, if someone could just send me how war works in ancient Greece into my DMs, that'd be great because I have a lot of questions that I can't possibly answer myself.
1: I feel like if you were to research it or Google it, it'd just be like a big slog of like all this technicalities that I wouldn't understand. But
0: Oh, I would deep dive way too hard. Like it would get to the point where I would know what their like meal rotation schedule is. And that's not healthy. Okay. Like I've got other things I have to do. So if someone wrote a thesis about this, just send it directly into my inbox. So I can just like read someone who already did the research. That would be great. (laughs) So then we're on to book eight. Um, Jove tells all the gods and goddesses, that they are not allowed to help in this war anymore. And like Juno, not too happy about this. Obviously, if you have a proper translation that doesn't use Roman gods for some unknown reason, I'm talking about Zeus and Hera. Yeah. Don't know why we have Roman. I think they're Roman gods, unless they're like made up people. Like is hold on, let's... Yeah,
1: it's Roman gods. Okay, good. I was like, yeah. I should
0: Google this because I've been assuming that they're Roman. But like, what if he's just like, I thought this name translated to Jove? And then I'd be like, <laughs> uh, really? Like that's what we're going with? Jove?
1: <laughs> okay. I I think this was my favorite book out of like the 12 that were not 12, out of the six we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, this was I think okay. this one had the most like i want to say versatile action you know mm-hmm. it wasn't just like all war action it was a you know a good mix yeah one for of sure. the more captivating books anyway continue
0: <laughs> yeah i think so too um but then the trojans are supposed to be the chosen winner by jove i do like though that in roman mythology jove and juno the names go together
1: I yeah it's think like otp the- you know Yeah, cute little, you know, like Bert and Ernie, you know, yes, Jove and Juno.
0: (laughs) I mean, I guess like people can, but like, does Jove cheat on Juno as much as Zeus cheats on Hera? That's the question.
1: Who knows? Maybe it's like they're better alter egos, probably not though. But if anybody's like, if anybody's pregnant with twins and looking for some cute, compatible baby names, Jove and Juno kind (laughs) of work,
0: they're kind of cute, but like, also, or dogs. yes dogs dogs. i
1: think dogs is better option maybe yeah (laughs)
0: you don't want to know the history and know that they're actually married so like if it's dogs that's cute (laughs) i Uh, i could see cute little like black labs being jove and juno i don't know why black labs but that feels right for me
1: no i think that's right because they are gods after all after all so you don't want like little chihuahua to be called like you know such a the king of the gods name you know what i mean But basically, Zeus is like, no gods can be involved with this, Mm -hmm. but I'm just gonna go watch it, my popcorn you know yeah. and then we get caught up in it <laughs> I like to
0: think that this is basically reality tv for the gods oh they, definitely
1: like you know in
0: American Idol where they're like your votes matter <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like is happening to me
1: it's very like Hunger Games on the Capitol you mm-hmm. know it's like they're all the they're all the dramatic people in the Capitol watching Dan, and then all the humans are the poor like districts fighting against each other mm-hmm. that's the way I see it
0: oh yeah for sure so diomed is going back to the ship and hector is calling him a coward which like they were supposed to be like bromancing and then like suddenly they're like warring again very quickly and then juno really wants uh the akunons is the way i keep saying it in my head but i don't think that's true yeah
1: i said where they write it i think it's uh, let me see. Oh, I don't even know. I probably haven't even sang either. But I wrote down the pre- phonetic pronunciation that I thought it was, just in case mm-hmm. I got confused. Um, and I can't find it now. It's fine. Anyways, oh yeah, I I said it was like Akean, Achaean? Akean, Akean.
0: I don't know. Worse for me. I mean, I don't know how that A E connected. Is supposed to be pronounced. K-in. A A
1: Yeah. I feel like weird. I've heard
0: that before. Like,
1: yeah, it probably is a Cain. Okay. We'll go with when, you re- when you're reading it in your head, it doesn't matter. I mean, everyone can relate to that, like not knowing how something's pronounced. And then you like say it loud and you get like judged. So, you know, yeah, I, probably
0: sh- I probably should have audio book this first, but like, it's fine. <laughs> it's too, we're too late in, you know? Audio like,
1: audiobook would be even more confusing because you wouldn't yeah. be able to like turn back the page to see who's who and everything
0: yeah truly i'd be like dying a little bit plus then i bet if i audiobooked it it would not be the same edition as my book so then i like wouldn't have the text to read alongside it yeah chaos over here just straight chaos but juno really wants the achaeans uh to win against her husband's wishes and she's trying to figure out how to make this happen so um the king begs to escape the trojans he's like please let us go with our lives and like jove does not want them to live at this point and apollo is turning a bunch of arrows away from hector um but it keeps hitting his um like the guy who turns his horses basically his driver it keeps hitting Mm. him he's down two drivers at this point so he's like hey brother of mine can you fill in for me and I'm like dude you already know that like you're down two drivers (laughs) like this is not a spot that I would want to take like no. (laughs) (laughs) happens once it happens to everybody happens twice I'm a little nervous you know Mm. so um Hector is just chasing everybody out of Troy. Uh, Joe finds out that Juno and Minerva betrayed him because they were going through trying to get the um, Achaeans to like rally and fight back and he's like we just I just told you that you're not allowed to do that because I want the uh, Trojans to win so and I think it's cool I don't know
1: if it says it in your book but the way he like weighs their fates oh like yeah. of the of the of the war and it's like mm-hmm. um i don't know if it if it was like literal or if this is just kind of like a, a metaphor that like Homer puts in but he literally has like a weighing scales and mm-hmm. then it was like i actually can't remember now which one was like the, the worst fate but anyway one of them is like way down one of them's like way up and they're like mm-hmm. okay yeah like they've got the bad luck because it was all about like predetermined fate you know that even like the gods couldn't like fully control. If you get yeah. me, like if yeah. someone's gonna be unlucky, like it's almost like people are born unlucky or like born to lose, mm-hmm. and then the gods can interfere to a certain extent. But then like the rest of it is just like fate.
0: I do kind of like that. That they're like, yeah, the gods have some influence, but they don't have all the influence.
1: Mm-hmm. Like they can like mess around at the paths that you get mm-hmm. there, but they can't actually like mess with the destination of like where you arrive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Unfortunately, Jade isn't able to join us in the ending because the recording ran a little too long. So you will hear her in the ending of the next episode. But if you want to catch Jade in any place, you know, you listen to podcasts, her podcast is about a book podcast. Otherwise, you can check her out over on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, Both places is very good and she is very fun. So please give her podcast a listen. I think you all will really enjoy it, especially if you like this podcast. also, if you missed it in the intro, we have a new Patreon perk. So, if you want to get a little early access to the episodes, you can get the episodes on Monday instead of the normal Wednesday if you join any level of the Patreons. Also on Patreon, if you are a $10 a month member, um, you get an exclusive episode every single month. So next month, on the first Friday of next month, Uh, will be heartless, and we will be joined by Leah from YA Book Chat, and we're just gonna be talking more about Alice Wonderland, and uh, the Heartless by Marissa Meyer, which if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it. I think you guys would really enjoy it. Um, but it's it's honestly the best villain origin story, like villain point of view. I guess she's technically a villain, but yeah, it's a really good one. I. I thought it was really well done. Um, I honestly just love Marissa Meyer as is, but w- y- you'll hear me rave about it on the episode. So I'm not going to rave about it twice. But yeah, if you want to hear that episode, ch- go check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash barely bookish. Um, everything will go co- to helping support this podcast and all that great stuff. But yeah, so check it out for early access to episodes. Check it out for the monthly exclusive episodes, and I will catch you all in this next episode of the Iliad. Bye!